Welcome to the Tice Talks, a podcast ministry of Dr. David Tice at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Today, Dr. Tice is joined by his daughter-in-law, Heather Tice, for a difficult but much-needed discussion on dealing with death. Dr. Tice? Hi, this is Dave Tice, and I am joined as... as uh, Crystal just said, with my daughter-in-law, Heather Tice. Good to see you. It's good to be here. Well, I wish we were talking about something more cheerful. Maybe <laughs> in the next podcast we can. Well, but uh, this is what we were given and assigned. That, and I think it's funny because we're both pretty lighthearted people. Yes. And as Crystal was even introducing this, we're sitting here looking at each other, kind of laughing. And then I remembered the topic. I'm like, oh, we're not supposed to be so jovial, I, I don't think. <laughs> well, the Bible tells us we're to rejoice in the Lord. And the truth of the matter is, is, as we're talking about dealing with death, the truth of the matter is, for the believer, there is no death. We're going to be spending eternity with him and those that have gone on that have trusted Christ. We're going to spend eternity with them. So eternity is real, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what it means to, um, well, or what the Bible says. How do you deal with, with uh, death? Well, you know, and the reason that we're doing this podcast, um, I think the reason we were kind of given this topic by the, the real, the real director of the podcast, the real who actual will, fake producer, yes, <laughs> who will remain unnamed. Okay. <laughs> The reason we were given this is because we both experienced death. And, and that may sound crazy because everyone experiences death to some extent, right? This. But um, sometimes I remember feeling shielded from it for quite a while. I mean, I lost animals, but it's different. City folks, y'all, it's so different losing animals in the country. Like, it just, it was part of life. I was sad, but it was not, it was not like losing a family member. That's true. And you know what? People do get very, very close, though, to animals. Yeah. I had a lady just this past week who uh, said, who texted me and said, would you please pray for me? We lost our um, puppy dog and, it, and mm-hmm. the, they had had it for 17 years. Yeah. And, uh, so. See, and I didn't used to understand that because I mean, I loved my animals, but that it was just such a, a certainty as a farm kid. I knew it was coming yeah. and it, you know, you cry, but then you bury the animal and you move on. It was, it's just not the same. I think too, when they're, Ours were all outside. They weren't in the house. They weren't traveling with us. So it's just a different, a different dynamic. But grandparents, I lost grandparents. But again, a lot of them I lost either very early before I really knew them. So I didn't feel that pain or they were so old. And so just, you were just ready as believers. We knew they were going to heaven. We were ready to see them go be with the Lord because they were in so much pain and life had just become so miserable yeah so it was for years i really didn't experience the pain of death um until 2011 i lost my oldest brother kevin and then a year later um to the month lost my mother so that was the biggest one for me and that was something i never thought i would live through i mean i remember before she was sick she died died of a brain tumor thinking my mom's my best friend i my spiritual mentor like what would I do without her? And the Lord just taught me so much through that. But that was a big one for me. But you experienced death very early on. Yeah. My, when I was 10 years old, uh, in fact, I, as an adult, I felt like I needed to learn more compassion. I was as very young at uh, 10 years old, my dad passed away within that same year. uh, We had a lady that lived across the street from 
us. Her name was Irene Schwartz, which is sort of an unusual name, but she was very dear to us. We would go over uh, as kids, and she was an invalid. Uh, we didn't know that. She was just always in bed, and we would go over and talk to her and have fun, and she'd give us candy. You just thought she was living her best life now, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's what I want to so, do. <laughs> so uh, we would, we, we, uh, we, I watched her pass away, then other family members pass away, and I became very accustomed to death at a young age. In fact, when I, when my, was, when I was 10 years old and my dad passed away, I, I didn't cry for about two years after that. Mm. When I was uh, in the seventh grade, I was in a gym class and all of a sudden had this overwhelming grief come through me. It was very embarrassing for me as a seventh grader to start weeping on the, on the uh, PE floor. Uh, I, I were out playing, we were out doing our uh, gym class and all of a sudden it just hit me. And um, so that uh, there was no dad to go home to, there mm. was nobody to, there was nobody to spend time with that was was very uh, heart wrenching thing. So God deals with uh, the Word of God deals with how we should deal with death, and we want to talk about yeah. that uh, briefly today because there are people who are hurting. Uh, just mm-hmm. two weeks ago, uh, from the time we're recording this broadcast, my brother uh, passed away, and my brother had uh, not lived the, a life uh, that was honoring to the Lord, but it was still very hard uh, to to watch. Uh, him uh, hurt, watch him suffer, mm. and the suffering that brought into my family. So, so how do we deal with grief? That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, and the first point is that you do need to grieve. Grieving is essential. And I think, as before we even get into the scripture of that, I think the fact that you you shared what you did, I didn't know that about the fact that you didn't cry for how long did you say? A, two years. Two years. Two years. And then it just hit you, and. Grief is so different for every person, and I think that's the hardest thing is we look at other people or they look at us and, you know, they'll tell you, well, you're not grieving how you should. Or you'll think, well, that's that's fine. That won't bother them because it didn't bother me. Yeah. And the thing I'm learning is I've walked through grief myself and with friends. Um, we all grieve so differently. And what you just shared, you really weren't, I mean, there was no drama or faking it there. That was real. It's when it just hit you. It was just different. Yeah. Um. I couldn't even, I couldn't even control. I I can remember thinking, I'm so embarrassed. I could not control Mm -hmm. it. I was, and uh, kids were saying, what's wrong with him? And the, and the, my PE teacher was saying, it's okay. Took me over and sat me down and told the class to go away. And praise God, you had someone that was sensitive and and understood that this was real and, you know, and, and different, but um, the Word of God does say that we do need to grieve. In yep. fact, how does Jesus feel about a little 12-year-old boy? How does God feel about a 12-year-old boy who's grieving yeah. over his dad? What does he say about that? Well, you know, what I when I look in the Word of God, I, I note this, that Jesus, knowing that Lazarus was going to be ris- raised from the dead, he was going to personally raise him from the dead, Laz- Jesus sat there and looked at what the situation was, and he grieved. He, he The Bible says he wept. Now, why, why would he weep knowing that uh, Lazarus was going to come back from the dead? I, I think the answer to that question is this. The whole idea of death and the whole idea of sin, the whole idea of the human condition was overwhelming even to him. Well, not, well God's never overwhelmed, but, mm. but it was... It's just heart-wrenching to know what people go through, to see somebody hurt. 
is is a is a hurtful thing for us. And the mm, Bible tells yeah. us in First Corinthians there is a sting in death. Uh, there's going to be a time that sting is going to be taken away. But the fact of the matter is, we do have that sting when we we it reminds us of our own mortality, and it uh, and we we're, we're going to lose that opportunity to interact and if we think about the hurt that people went through that led to death yeah i think that's so good what you're talking about the fact that the bible does say you know jesus hurt for others around him and that's part of our grief it's not just we know we're going to see that loved one in heaven most of the time lord willing that's the case for christians but um there's that that seeing of my children won't know this person as they get older yeah. or they're hurting my, you know, my family member, you know, my brother's children are hurting, my my dad is hurting, and you want, it's just grief upon grief, and so sometimes one of the things in grief is looking for ways to practically comfort others, and that's one of the things I had jotted down that I had thought about is I think it's important in grief to do as you did to hurt with others, but in a sense, there's a good idea to memorialize that's someone's true. death. Um, yeah. I've even heard of women doing this with the loss of a baby that they've miscarried. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But the idea of, you know, this is something I did to donate or to memorialize that child. Um, there's a neighborhood near my house that has a little park. And I had not noticed this for years. I jogged by it all the time. And I stopped one day and read. And someone, a family, donated that bench in honor of their baby mm. that um, was miscarried. And I thought, what a neat thing to put that in the park. And it's something that blesses other families. It's something to do for them. My mom, the most meaningful thing that I had when my mom passed, my brother and sister-in-law got me a locket. It's called Origami Owl, which I know that's one of your favorite brands, Dave. And uh, <laughs> you know all about your jewelry. You're a jewelry connoisseur, that's that's aren't it. you, Dad? I, I do. That and perfumes. But, and perfumes, that's yes. It. And makeup, of that's course. It. I love that's it right. when you buy that's us makeup right. for Christmas because yes. that's a fun event sending you into Ulta that's for those right. products. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've had some very interesting uh, situations <laughs> doing that. Things we you ask for. <laughs> um, but they got me a, a locket that you could put different... Um, kind of little, like not gemstones, but um, charms, like little charms, but they're uh -huh. tiny. And they made ones that were reflective of my mom and me and my relationship, a piano because she was a pianist. They had the year, they had her birthstone, uh, things like that that commemorated, I think, a broken heart with BFF on it. You know, so it was just something very special to me, and I, I wear it and think of her. Um, another one is an event. I cannot imagine either of us has lost a child. Oh, um, yeah. And... I have friends who have, and one of these families, every year they have a day, their daughter's name was Reagan, and they have a day, the day that memorializes her death, that they call it Love Like Reagan Day. She was a little girl who would always buy desserts and surprise her family, so they encourage friends and family to go out. If you're eating out, buy a dessert for another family and just tell them, hey, our friend's daughter used to do this, and we're remembering Reagan in this way. Oh. And so it's, I think those are wonderful ways to grieve, because you're right, death does sting. Sure. And that's something the Bible tells us and in, in, in ways to memorialize it to help others deal with that hurt. So I think it's I think it's important too that we understand that that when we lose someone, it is a drain on us physically. Mm -hmm. It really yeah. is. And the Bible tells us in Psalm one twenty seven that God gives his beloved sleep. Oh, There's nothing so wrong with saying, I'm gonna take some time off. I'm gonna take some time yeah. Alone, I think I think very very important that we 
again, focus on the fact that grieving is essential. And I, I, I need to just sometimes just need to get the rest that I need. Don't mm-hmm. beat yourself yeah. up because you are not uh, wanting to be out there with everybody. And on the other mm-hmm. hand, I think it's important that we remember that God has given us a, a support group called the local church. Mm, that's really good. And, and we need to allow our friends and our loved ones who care about us to be there for us. Uh, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You need, you, you <laughs> need those people from your small group, yeah. from your connection class, from your from the church in general that that are there to say, hey, we're here to put our arms around you and help you. Oh, that is really good. Both of those things, it's such a balance there to walk. And I think one of the things I've learned, and I wish if I could pass on something to someone else who's hurting, I would say, don't be afraid to be clear and direct and ask for what you need. Because many times people are willing to meet that need and help you in your grief, but they don't know. I mean, isn't that the biggest thing you see on blogs? If you Google grief or comfort it's like how do I help someone grieving or hurting or comfort someone and they list all the ideas but one of the big things is just do something because we never know what to do that's the biggest thing is I don't know what to do for my friend who's going through something but I remember when my mom was sick and passing um, I called your other daughter-in-law Brianna I called my sister-in-law I said could you just come over and I asked her and of course she was more than happy to And it wasn't anything serious we talked about. She just came over. I was prepping something for a church thing. We prepped together. We talked a little bit. I I think I cried some during that. But I just wanted to be with a friend that day. That's so important. Yeah. And so I think being able to ask for those things and say, you know, tell people, say, would you mind doing this? Could you? Brianna would be perfect at that, too. Oh, she's very good at that. She's just just a compassionate person. She's a good friend. And she's very... um, this is has nothing to do with grieving, but I was doing something. Our church was five years at the time, and I was doing a little five-year chocolate thing, and hers looked a lot better than mine. So the church was also blessed by her, <laughs> her loving and giving spirit to come join me in my grief. If you're ever doing anything with chocolate, let me I know. I should have called I, you. I'm I will sorry. come and eat yes. the chocolate. Yes, Miss Blessing for the yeah. church there. We're doing something my, my with my brother passing, and there just wasn't anything. All my brothers and sisters seemed to be... Like, what do you do? What are we, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? And uh, so we're just, we're going to have a little get together at our house next month and invite all the family to come over, um, all, everybody that knew him to come over to our mm-hmm. house and just have a uh, get together just to, as an encouragement to people. So. so I have a question that's, I don't want to backtrack too much, but we talked about memorializing. Is there anything that someone did for you when your dad passed or that you did? That was a help to you because I'm always curious about that. Do you remember? Like well, I know a I, young. Oh, go I ahead. can remember just. I remember, frankly, um, just thinking, what, why are all these people coming around? Why are these people mm-hmm. hugging me? Why are these people crying? Why are these people? As a as a kid, I can remember. I do the the one of the greatest things was that God brought into my life men who would not be a replacement father, but but be there uh, in a father's role that really helped me. They were able to, without mm-hmm. trying to say, I'm going to be your new father, they came in and they fil- fulfilled those roles and were there wow. when I needed them. So um, someone that someone that I could say, I don't know what to do, and they were there helping me. My brother-in-law mm-hmm. did that. Uh, my uh, my uh sixth grade teacher my dad died in the fifth grade my sixth grade teacher was there 
And yeah. uh, his name was Mr. Hathaway. Mr. Hathaway mm-hmm. probably gave me swats every day of my life <laughs> while I was in his. Uh, and that helped That's me. Great. That reminded me so much of yeah. my father. <laughs> oh, okay. So anyway. Well, there's a second thing. Uh, and I just, as I was thinking through this, I think, I thought, number two, we need to let Jesus walk through the valley uh, mm. with us. Um, yeah. Funny, I, you know, you just mentioned this. Was there something that happened to me? When I was 10 years old, I told the Lord, if my dad's, I do remember saying this, Lord, if my dad is not going to live, I don't want to live either. And I fell asleep oh. praying that one night, and, and I had the strangest dream. Mm. And I'm, I am not Pentecostal. I'm not Pentecostal. I'm not. But Maybe I had just a the, little the, bit on the inside, <laughs> right? <laughs> just kidding. So I, was, I, I dreamt that I was in a foxhole. And that there was uh, there was a war war going on all around me. There was bob wire, rolled bob wire, and I had this whole mm-hmm. picture of this um, this um, foxhole, and this this war going on. And mm-hmm. bombs are dropping. I'm seeing explosions going on, and uh, jets are flying over. And I thought, God, I'm scared to death. I'm I'm scared. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, a hand reached down into the foxhole where I was. And uh, and I looked up and it was Jesus. I don't, I can't tell you what his face looked like. It was just shiny. European Jesus, right? Like oh. in all the paintings. What's that? European Jesus yeah, yeah. in all the paintings. Yeah. No, there were, really, really, there wasn't. It was just I. I but I knew it was oh, his hand. Oh, you didn't see his face. No, I saw. I and and he and I thought I, I'm afraid. He said, "Hold my hand. And as long as you're holding my hand, everything will be okay." And I got up out of the foxhole and walked through the battlefield with things going on all around me with him holding my hand. Uh, And that really, I woke up thinking, Jesus is with me. The Bible tells us that he is the father to the fatherless. And and it really, really helped me. The psalmist said this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's not written to somebody who's dead. It's written to us that are alive, that are experiencing death. But we have to invite him into this. Mm. Uh, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But we have to come and say, Lord, I need your help through this. I need to fall on him. And, and that's what God wants us to do. And, and in Hebrews, God says that we have a high priest that is, is not unable to feel our infirmities. He cares for us. And uh, when he weeps with those who weep, he cares for those that uh, are hurting. And so I would say this, that, that not only it's essential that we grieve, but let's invite Jesus into that, and he'll walk us through that. And we don't need to fear when we're holding his hand. I, you know, I'm so glad you shared that. It's fun. Um, you know, when you first get married into a family, you're just like all focused on your spouse. And then you start to really focus more on the family. And I'm just learning over these last few years. And my goodness, Josh, I've been married. Was it 18 years? <gasps> no, it's 20. It'll be 19 this yeah. June, which is wow. crazy. And I feel like I'm still just learning things about you and mom that I've never known. And that is such a precious story. Like I need to write it down and pass it down to the kids because it's such a neat thing. I love too the way the Lord is so tender with children and the way he'll speak to even a child. So if you're parenting a child who's going through grief, take heart knowing that your Savior loves that child so much and is pursuing their heart and reaching out to them. Um, I can't imagine going through grief 
without the Lord. No, that's exactly right. I mean, you talk about this, and I think back to, especially with my mom, there were hospital visits. She was sick for about six months, a quick decline, and God was so gracious through all of that. But I remember seeing in hospital, and I was doing the study of James at the time, and it's going to be hard for any other study to ever, I think, top that study, not because of the author who was kind of, you know, written the book and guiding me through it, not because of, you know, um, anything else, except that it was just such a precious time that the Lord drew so close and um, really just taught me so much during that time of grief, that valley of the shadow of death. And you're right, there's such a presence with the Lord. I can't imagine going through death with a loved one without the hope of eternity and without his presence. Yeah. It's really good. Well, so kind of building on that. Okay. So we also need to claim number three. Yeah. We need to claim the promises of scripture. Number three, we need to, uh, the Bible tells us this in first Thessalonians chapter four, verses 13 through 18. And we don't have time to read all of those. The Bible tells us very simply that when, uh, when we, that we can we sorrow not as others that have no hope we mm-hmm. are going to uh go to heaven those who have passed on before us have gone to be with the lord their their body went into the ground their soul and spirit went to be with god in heaven and at the rapture the bible tells us that their soul and spirit are going to come back with christ and their bodies are going to rise to meet the lord in the air paul, paul said this in philippians he said for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He said this, I'm in a strait between between two things. He said, I, I want to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And my favorite verse, I think of this anytime somebody told me tells me that somebody passed away, is in Second Corinthians chapter five, where it says, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. To see him. That's that's when they that person is in heaven rejoicing. I just went back to Michigan. Uh, my a dear friend of mine, Todd Bannerman's wife, passed away, and uh, went back there. And I was and I and I thought about the fact that she's going when when she when she was on her deathbed, she she uh, lifted up her head, and she said, "Look, it's beautiful," oh. and and uh, she said to her husband, Todd, she said. It's beautiful, Todd. Come, mm. go with me. And he said, "No, not this time. <laughs> not going." And uh, but uh, she, we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see him. They are mm. with the Lord. They are. He, he said, "I am confident, knowing that while I'm on this flesh, I, I'm separated from Him. But I'm also as confident that when I when I close my eyes in death, the last time." We're going to see Jesus. We're going to be with him. So those loved ones. I've got two questions for you kind of on this. Number one is, I mean, you've pastored for many years. And, of course, you've dealt with not just the church here in Las Vegas, but nationwide. You've visited and preached at many places. You've talked to other pastors. Do you think as a whole Christians know what they should about heaven? No, I really don't. I think that we really need to teach more about the realities of heaven. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, there was a guy named Randy Alcorn who wrote a mm-hmm. wonderful book 
that I have not read yet, but I just hear about it all the time. I'm, and in fact, I've determined I'm going to I get the I read half book. of it. It's a, it's a slow read because it's right? very deep. Well, it's I'll huge. get it on audio. <laughs> or get the kids' version. He uh, wrote one for questions for kids, right? and it does questions like, will we eat in heaven? And he explains yeah. all those. So Jerry, that's uh, the Cliff Notes. Um, <laughs> Cliff Notes version. John R. Rice did a book called Heaven. It was very, very, it's my kind of book. Thin, uh, wide margins, mm-hmm. and big print. Uh, no pictures. It should have had pictures, but uh, but it was all <laughs> it's about. It's going to be kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Some clouds. I agree. I think it should have pictures too. You know, I would like to see that. Oh. <laughs> I might question yes. the veracity of that book. <laughs> it's on the pictures. So you know, it, he says at the beginning of the book, Randy Alcorn says he talks about statements made by pastors about kind of fearing heaven uh-huh. like they're going to be bored in heaven yeah. or, and it just amazed me i'm thinking don't you know all the wonderful things that await so yeah. i think when we claim the promises of scripture i think really learn about heaven read one of these reliable books, um, yeah. books that are true to doctrine on heaven and eternity so you can know where your loved one is listen to music um not everybody's favorite, but Mandisa wrote a song. I think it's called Andrew's Song. It's some little boy's name, but it's about heaven. It says, if you knew where I was now, you wouldn't be weeping. Roses have uh-huh. never been redder. Wow. The sky has never been bluer. Honey has never been sweeter. And I, just that comforted me as I, my mom was getting ready to pass. I would I would jog at that time, and I would go. I liked to jog at night when I could because I knew every time I would jog, it was a, a release in grief, and I would just hear that song in tears. I would listen to it over and over and, and raise my hands in praise and tears would just stream. And I thought, people are going to think I'm crazy. I need to do this at night <laughs> when they can't see this crazy woman, like running with her hands up and tears and singing. And, but it's funny because it's hard for me to listen to now. I don't, I don't need it now yeah. because she's there, but getting ready for her to pass thinking she's going to that better place. I know we've got to hurry, but I do have a question for you as a yes. pastor. Okay. You mentioned that we have the hope of loved ones going to eternity. What about when there's not that hope? What about when you have that loved one who's passing or has passed who is not, at least to your knowledge, proclaimed Christ as Savior? What comfort do you give to them? What is there to The only comfort that I, that I can give at that time, and I think that only comfort that we can have is that, first of all, number one, God knows everything. God knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm comforted with the truth that I know that I've shared the gospel with them mm-hmm. and that they had the opportunity to make that choice yeah. uh, and that maybe without without me knowing without ever knowing they made that choice at the last moment but mm-hmm. that's honestly or could have made it maybe even earlier in life yes, and kind of not yeah. talked about or denied it sure so mm-hmm. uh, there is th- the comfort that that God's in control and that they had the opportunity that gives me a peace that at least yeah. I know what I've done to the yeah. best of my ability to give the truth. I think that's key that we can trust God, that he yeah. is good and that he is not willing that any should perish and that his Holy Spirit is convincing every person, yeah. every single person, every soul, pursuing them with the truth about sin, righteousness and judgment. Let me give a couple more thoughts here because we're, our time is running out. I think it's very important, number four, that we honor those that have, have passed by living your best life now. I mean, the, now, um, the truth of the matter is those that have gone on before us, whether they went to heaven or whether um, they went to hell, they want us to know Jesus. We mm-hmm. know that because the rich man died. 
and he went into hell and he said, listen, I don't want anybody else to come here. I want you send some, send Lazarus back to tell them, yeah. uh, not to come to this place. So they want what he wanted, what was best for his brothers. Secondly, those that are in heaven are rejoicing and they mm. want what's best for us. Yeah. John said, John said about to his disciples, he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. If that's true for somebody that's on this planet, when I'm, when yeah. I go to heaven, do I want people to miss me? Yeah, because I'm selfish and self-centered, <laughs> but when I get to heaven, I'm not going to be selfish yeah. and self-centered. I'm going to be rejoicing in Christ and I'm going to want oh. all of my kids and my grandkids to be rejoicing. I want my funeral to be a celebration of life mm-hmm. because I'm going to be living life to the yeah. fullest and that's what I want for them. So That's so th- powerful. Th- I haven't heard someone say that, but that's really good because even when you think about guilt, a lot of times someone passes and we have yeah. guilt that we did things wrong towards them or we didn't do enough. Um, if they took their own life, you know, there's always a lot of guilt for those who have been left by someone who commits suicide. But realizing if they're in heaven or hell, both places, they don't want that. They You're want, not honoring their life. That's right. We're, that's we really honor good. them by rejoicing. Mm. And I went to a funeral one time of a my neighbor. Uh, and they were, there were people got up and would start telling one sad story after another. And the mother got up and said, this is enough of this. She said, my daughter's in heaven. Let's <laughs> rejoice with my daughter. And everything changed from that point on. Wow. It was great. Number five, we need to allow God to, to redirect our thoughts. Um, the Bible tells us in Philippians that we, we, that we, what we call a paradigm shift. We need to change our thinking. And this is something we have to work at in our mind. Paul said, think on certain things. He said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Uh, (coughs) Think on those things. That's a choice that we make. I want to, listen, sometimes somebody can lose a loved one and go into such depression that they're unable to minister to people that are around them. If I, yeah. if I lose mm-hmm. someone dear to me, I, I need to remember that around me are all sorts of other people who are dear to me. A mother may mm-hmm. lose a child. David lost, David lost his, his son. And before his son died, he prayed and prayed and prayed that that son would not die. And he wept and mourned and fasted and prayed. And then the son died. And he said, listen, I can't do anything for him, but uh, I'm going to go see him again. Yeah. Uh, and, but For what I'm going to do. Lost, who's d- lost children, yeah. whether in miscarriage or whatever, or abortion, those children are with the Lord. They're, that's and it. And you can take comfort as a Christian. You'll see them one day. You're going to see them one day. And beyond mm-hmm. that, there are people all around me that need me. I yes. have, I, if, uh, I, 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 there are people, I, I just lost my brother. Mm-hmm. I have other brothers and sisters that I need to go see and just and love them mm-hmm. and encourage them. Yeah. I have, I have um, my family. I need to love them. I need to, I need to change my focus. And that again, it's honoring to those who have gone on to live the life they want me to live. Yeah. And then to refocus on those that are around me and say, I'm going to minister to them. God's given us all sorts of people that care. Yeah. That's One really the- powerful. And you're right. You, you see people get stuck and it's hard because we all grieve differently. Mm-hmm. We near different time frames, but it's so important to minister and to serve at some point. You don't need to grieve forever. There no. needs to come a point where you begin serving and seeing others again. So I'm so glad you said that. That is a good, yeah, good a- truth. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Then let me give you one last point. And then we're going to, we'll wrap this up. Uh, 
I, I, I say it this way from, from Solomon in, in Ecclesiastes. He said, he said whatsoever, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. The, previ- the verse that is right before that says this, Live j- joyfully with the wife that, uh, that thou lovest all the days of thy li- the life of thy vanity. He says here, look, this life is vanity. This life is empty. This life, you are going to die. So mm. since you have the knowledge that death is coming, yeah. live. Yeah. I love that. Since you know you're going to die, live. D- death, the death of a loved one brings us face to face with our own mortality. The death of a loved one brings us face to face with the fact that this, this physical life is going to end. And so Solomon says, since that's true, live it to the fullest. Isn't that an amazing thought? Live it yeah. to the fullest because it's not permanent and live it to honor God. And when we do that, again, we honor those that have passed, we, 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 we minister to those that are around us, and we're being what God wants us to be. Wow, that is really good because that's the key, I think, is to honor those, honor God by living. And I've never seen those two connected like that. I'm, I'm looking here at the notes and I've never seen that. I mean, they really, we've got them as two separate verses for it to be easier for us to read, but they really do go together. Yeah. It's a complete thought. That is really good. Well, I, I want to say it's been fun. <laughs> it kind of has. <laughs> it, would, it would have been nicer if it was a different topic. Well, we'll have but... to do another one okay. on a happier subject. Okay, let's but, do But, you that. know, you're right. I, I joke about it being sad, but it, it really is true. There is such a wonderful thing for a believer. There's The expectancy of heaven is going to be so much sweeter when we realize who has already gone on before us and who we're going to see there and and all that is waiting for us in heaven. So I think it changes the perspective on death so dramatically for the Christian. It's not just a pie in the sky thing. The reality <laughs> is we are going to well, see Well, there might again. be pie in the sky. There might be some pie. I, I believe there will be. <laughs> well, my grandma's, <laughs> my grandma's there. She makes cherry pie, so maybe, you know. Anyway, it's going to be wonderful. So I thank you for tuning in today. This, again, has been Tice Talks, where it's more than hey, just a conversation. Talks. No, no, this is Tice oh, Talks. I'm on the wrong podcast. Wrong, wrong podcast. <laughs> wrong podcast. Well, thank you again, as Pastor said, for joining us for episode 13 of Tice Talks. If you haven't already, be sure to go and subscribe or like on iTunes and SoundCloud so you never miss a single podcast. And don't forget to visit davidtice.com for more great resources, encouragement, or even to see when Dr. Tice will be speaking at a church or event near you. So until next time, it's more than a conversation.